anyone get faith? Where does faith come from? What is faith? Scripture tells us that faith itself is a gift of God. If salvation is about us, it is not a gift. It is a result of work. If God sovereign and sovereignly called me, then He has sealed me. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Heritage Baptist Church in Ashland, Ohio. Each week, we bring you expository and practical teaching straight from God's Word. And now, here's Pastor Jared. We are in James chapter 5, and we are going to be looking today at two verses, 10 and 11. And the title of the sermon I put up here, Blessed Are Those Who Endure. And, and this is not from the Beatitudes. This is just something that I thought would be appropriate title for what we're about to discuss. So while we're preparing for that, we're going to take some time today. We're going to look backwards a little bit. Thought it would be appropriate since it is the last Sunday in 2020. I think it'd be appropriate to look back for a little, for a little bit. And in a way of doing that, I wanted to ask the congregation a question and see if anybody had any answers or anything they would like to share. But here's the question. I would like you to think over the, moment, over the past year, uh, the situation that we've been dealing with, and I wanted to ask if you could think of one adjective that would accurately describe this year. So I know that's a big question and a lot has happened, but can you think of an adjective to use to describe this year? Yes. Challenging. Challenging. Yeah, very appropriate. Ben? Unpredictable. Unpredictable. Two good ones. Yeah. Easy. Frustrating. I know your situation. Absolutely frustrating. Three good ones. Any others? Any others? Okay. When you were thinking of that adjective, even if you didn't speak up, why did you come to use that word? Many times when we go through a trial or a challenging time in life, we tend to think of how that challenge or trial got in the way of the plans that we had. Sometimes we also look at those times as having to be negative because of all the complaining and the division that those situations tend to cause. I think we could all agree that the pandemic has caused some division, has caused people to be angry, bitter, some complaining. It's definitely some negative things have happened. But did any of you look back at 2020 as being a year of growth, discipline, or any other positive adjective? If not, I believe that all of us could use the words of James today to help us to develop the proper perspective regarding the year that we have just experienced. Please read with me James chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. Let's pray. Lord, today as we embark on this scripture, just I'm gonna lift up the congregation and myself and just ask that we would take the word you've given us today, help it to dwell in our hearts and help it to encourage us as we uh, begin a new year. Help us to uh, use the experiences that we've had 
the things that we've, been, we've gone through to strengthen us and embolden us as we face a new year and new challenges that lay ahead. Just guide us and direct us through this time, and may you be glorified in all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, verse 10. Verse 10, James is talking about suffering. He's been talking about that quite a bit. And he is saying that we need to be patient while we face suffering. He says in verse 10, he says, as an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, let's take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Now, apologetically, when we look at the Bible, one of the biggest complaints is that the Bible contradicts itself. We hear that all the time. And what I would like to do today is just encourage everybody with the fact that when you read the book of James, he does a marvelous job of confirming the Old Testament. He says the Old Testament is true. This is what happened, and we can look at the lives of these people to, and take, uh, take courage from it. So what I'd like to do real quick, I wanted to share a list of prophets that showed patience and suffering in the midst of their, of their uh, prophetic ministry. And you're gonna notice every single prophet has one common denominator. Every single one of them suffered. Every single one of them suffered and had to endure patiently. So some examples I was thinking. We think about Elijah. Go back to the book of Kings, the prophet Elijah. He was constantly being threatened by King Ahab and Jezebel. And if you don't know the story, Jezebel had a terrible ending to her life that Elijah predicted. But the whole time he's trying to minister to the people, those two remained a thorn in his side. Jezebel wanted to murder him, and he had to, he had to live out in obscurity. Jeremiah, he was so oppressed that he, he was eventually known as the weeping prophet. The book of Lamentations is a really good example of that. Thirdly, Ezekiel. He lost his wife in the midst of her, in the midst of his ministry. We know about Daniel. Not only did he get thrown into exile, he was taken away from his childhood home. He was thrown into a lion's den because of, how, because of his righteousness, what he was doing. Hosea, he had to marry two women who were unfaithful to him. God said purposely, marry a harlot and let her behavior show the people how, they're, how they've been behaving towards me. Talk about patience and suffering. Amos had lies continually told about him, and he was, he was constantly being hated by the people because of false testimony. And then we have a couple in the New Testament. I'm sure we know the first one, John the Baptist. He was imprisoned and beheaded, and what did he do wrong? <laughs> he testified to the truth. He told the king, you're in an adulterous relationship and God is going to judge you for that. The queen said, uh, hey king, why don't you find a way to shut him up? And that's exactly what they did. He testified to the truth. And then Jesus himself, he came to his own people and his own people rejected him. So how did the prophets show patience while enduring suffering? Even though they felt weak and that the entire world was lining up to, to against them, they still followed the will of God by sharing his message to the people. Constant attacks and persecution did not stop them from doing what God had commanded of them. So the question today is we have to ask ourselves, can this be said of us? Can we endure patience and be patient during suffering? Verse 11, 
as we move on, he gives us another great Old Testament example, another confirmation that the Old Testament is true. The patience of Job. So let's just real quick, I think it'd be appropriate at this point, just gonna do a real quick run through of Job's story just to make sure it's fresh in our minds. What did this guy endure? Well, we, find out, we found out at the beginning of the story he was blessed with wealth and a large family, and God says there's no one on the earth living in his generation as righteous as him. So he had all the blessings of wealth and a large family. Two, Satan challenged God by saying, hey God, if, if you let me take everything away from Job, he will curse you to your face. So the challenge is given. Job loses his family and all of his wealth. He, has, he even has boils on his skin and he has, he has nothing. He also has some really good friends, if you know the story. The friends come over to, not to encourage, but rather to convict. They come over and say, um, you've been sinning too much. God's trying to get your attention. And then the... <laughs> You guys know who says this, curse God and die? Who tells him to do that? His wife. She says, just give it up, just die. You've done something horrible, just give it up. What an encouraging wife, right? Job questions God, desiring to know the reason for his suffering. He wants to know why. That's the question that's brought up in a majority of the book. His questions are answered, reminding him of God's power and his eternal existence. God constantly tells Job, were you there when I laid the foundations of the world? Were you there when I created this world? No, you were not. Job comes to understand that God is in control and can do as he wills. And finally, we see restoration. God restores and gives him more than he had lost. And so if we look at this story and we see what James is really referring to in this scripture, we're talking about patience and suffering. And what I wanted to do, and what I wanted to do, and I know I've done this in a previous message, I wanted to highlight a couple of things that James is telling us in the scripture and how we can apply this. There's four applications, and we're looking at suffering, patience and suffering. How can suffering help us and as we're looking back at 2020, how can we use this pandemic and all of the issues it has caused, how can we use this to further God's kingdom? Number one, we find out that in scripture, suffering is used as a test of our faith and to show that it's genuine. And I put up there Genesis 22. That chapter is probably one of the best examples of testing you're gonna find in the Old Testament. Abraham waited until his 90s to be a father of the promised child. And then God says, yeah, you've waited that long. Now take him and burn him as a sacrifice. And scripture doesn't say that Abraham questioned that at all. He said he packed up his, his mule, his donkey, his servants, his son, got the wood, and they headed off. No questioning whatsoever. And we know the rest of the story how God provided the ram. So suffering is used as a test of our faith to show that it's genuine. And what was Abraham's uh, reward for doing that? God said that because you did not withhold your son, I'm gonna give you as many descendants as the stars. So when we face a testing of our faith, here's the question. 
How will we respond? And I think we could take an example from, we could take an example from Abraham. Responding in faith, knowing that God is full of mercy and full of compassion to those that love him. We see that in the life of Abraham. Number two, Satan is looking for opportunities to get us off track. That's why we face some of the adversity we do in this life. Satan's always looking for an opportunity to get us off of our game. God uses persecution and suffering to stop Satan's attempts to destroy our faith. And here's a question to think about. If everything was always perfect for us, and if we never withstood opposition, where would our appreciation for the good things of life come from? Have you ever noticed that you see the good in life better after you've been through a period of a trial? Everything seems to come into focus and is clear. Now, this is the part of the message I might regret because I'm gonna bring up a sporting analogy and we're in week 16. Okay, but I wanna share as a former, now I coached football for a long time and I can tell you, and Katie would tell you the same thing, Wednesday night after a loss was never a fun night. I came home depressed. And some years I came home depressed every week of the, se- every week of the season, okay? I, <laughs> I had one year where we were one and seven. I had another year coaching seventh grade. We were 0 and, we were 0 and, 0 and 8. I had a two and six season. And one year, for some, for some unforeseen reason, the team showed up ready to play. We had an eight and one season and I thought it was like I had won the Super Bowl. I was so excited. Every time we won, I said, oh, we got this in the bag. Undefeated season. And then the second to the last game comes, we experienced a defeat, and I'll tell you, that was a hard hit, but it made the victory in the last week that much sweeter to get back to the winning. Now, why am I bringing that up? Well, we are in week 15. We have a big scenario building up next week. My team versus their team. And so the reason I bring that up is my team has experienced three weeks of loss, okay? (laughs) Three weeks of loss. The other team is elevating, okay? So let me ask you sporting fans in the room, how much better does this season feel after all the ones of sadness and frustration and bitterness? Doesn't it feel that much better? When you've gone through a period of time where things just aren't working the way you want, then you have something that comes bad, that happens at the end and it makes that much, so much sweeter. That's what I'm getting at here. That's what James, I believe, is teaching here, that periods of adversity and periods of suffering, we see in the end, it, we see so much better after facing that. Paul writes for us in Romans chapter five, verses three and four. He says that we exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We face tribulation, and after the tribulation, the joy is perfected. because It's like, it's like uh, the steel mill. You have to work that, you have to, like the blacksmith, he's got to pound on that sword and flatten that out and burn it to make it more refined. That's how we face that. 
And it's how it makes our joy even stronger. Thirdly, persecutions help us to better see God. So the question I would pose is, how can a persecution that we face help us to better see God? Well, if we have lives that are full of nothing other than success, happiness, and all the good things, and all the good things all the time, what would make us need God? Is God necessary if everything is perfect and going the way we want it? Here's a question to think about. How many of you can say that when you look at your life and really look at, look at, take a close look at those times where you were facing a financial challenge, a health crisis, the death of a loved one, or a friend who betrayed you, those are the times that forced you to get on your knees and seek the help of God. Sometimes that's our attention getter. While it is appropriate to seek the help of God during those times, we must not neglect the act of daily thanksgiving to him when our lives are not going the way that we've planned. How many times in the midst of a struggle, and I'm guilty of this as anybody, do I wanna get on my knees and thank God that I'm facing the struggle? Lord, thank you for this pandemic. Lord, thank you for the frustration. Thank you for the financial difficulty. I don't find myself being grateful for the difficulty, but it is the most difficult to give thanks when we're not seeing things happen the way we want. But it is through those experiences that our faith in God will grow the most. Jesus teaches us that those who have pure hearts will see God. That comes from the Beatitudes. So if we keep our minds on what is pure, we will better be able to see things in the light of his will. And finally, the last, last example, it will result in an increase in our blessings. I'd like to go back to Job one more time. The final effect of persecution that we need to discuss is the fact that when we face suffering, it will result in an increase in our blessings. Now, what kind of blessings are we talking about? Well, if we look at Job, the very last couple of verses, the book of Job tells us that after he had faced all of the suffering without losing his faith, we read that God restored all of Job's camels, sheep, oxen, as well as his children. What we learn from this is that if we remain faithful to God through the tough times, he has shown in his word that he will increase our blessings in the end. And I'm not necessarily talking about material blessings. There are many ways God can bless us. In Romans 8, 28, Paul reminds us that God causes all things to work out for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. So as we start looking at 2021, I believe that James is sharing some very important reminders to us. We don't know what the future is gonna hold, but we can rest in the assurance that God is the one who has the future in his hands and things will work out according to his purpose. You know, as, as I was preparing this, I was thinking about uh, going back to the Old Testament. David on the run from King Saul. That's when David wrote a lot of his Psalms. He was on the run. Life was horrible. He was living in caves. He was just trying to find anybody who would support him. And David says in Psalm chapter 30, verse five, and I, and I think this really stands out and it's a good conclusion to today. He says about God, he says, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. 
David understood that the persecutions he was facing were not gonna last forever, that God was guiding him through that process. We need to remember that the trials of life are but a blip in the span of eternity. 2020 seemed like an eternity with everything going on. But that's one year in all of eternity. It's but a blip. Facing those trials with the understanding that they will work out for our good because we serve a God who loves us should give us hope and joy that will surpass all human understanding. So here's the question I'd like to throw at you, and this is, a, this is not a question you have to answer out loud, but I'd like you to think about this over the next week, especially as we get ready for Friday and New Year's Day. Should we look at 2020 as a horrible year that we never want to think of again? Or do we want to look back on it with thanksgiving for the trial that God helped us to get through? In the midst of a, of a pandemic, and I just want to share some positives that I know this church has experienced. We saw the church face adversity with consistent giving. We saw the good news of Christ being shared with more people through live streaming. We did not allow wearing a mask or social distancing to interfere with our desire to worship God every week. Despite all the church has faced, we have been able to remain loyal to our ultimate goal, which is to share the good news of Christ with others. Now, we might agree 2020 was not ideal, but here's something we can all agree on. God is good. He has seen us through this time, and he is fulfilling the promise he made to us through his word that he will never leave or forsake us as we patiently await his return. We need to endure through this time with faith, allowing the will of God to be done through us. Let us continue to take the blessings we've received in 2020 to encourage us as we face an uncertain 2021. And I'd like to share a prayer with you for uh, this. Call, the prayer is wisdom for a new year. I thought this was very appropriate uh, to help us focus on the new year. Let's pray. God, give us wisdom from your truths. Fill us with a desire to faithfully follow after you more than any other thing. Thank you that you are far greater than whatever we may face in the day. Thank you that your presence goes with us and that your joy is never dependent on circumstances, but it is our true and lasting strength. We ask for your peace to lead us and for your grace and goodness to cover our lives this day. Let your spirit and power breathe in us and through us again, fresh and new. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Jared Smeltzer in Heritage Baptist Church. We welcome your feedback or questions. You can find us online at hbcashland.com or connect with us on Facebook. If you found this message helpful, please share it with a friend or loved one. Again, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.